0: Father's love for Take a diamond, raise a. Love. our faith in God? What reveals the Father's love? What can lead the wayward home? What can melt a heart of stone? What can treat the guilty ones? What can save It's a miracle to me, the power of God for those who lift us from the fall what can i give to you what can i offer to the king for all the love you've shown you, God, for saving me. Thank you, God, for saving me. The rock of salvation.
1: Good evening. evening. Will you pray with me? Father, as we live in a world that is becoming more and more secular, we who gather are here, and I believe in many houses of worship around this country. On this day, to reflect upon your Son and Jesus, your sacrifice, Salvation, forgiveness that you've extended to mankind from the cross. As we gather in the secular world, we say no thanks to the secular world. And we say yes to you. We are here to bless you. We are here to consider you. We're here to worship you. And we're here to encounter you. And those that encountered you and, and your word, man, they just, they just didn't stay the same. The same will be true tonight. Here, those that will be online as well. We ask that our hearts would be open to receive. We would engage with you. Tonight, you'd bring salvation where that is needed as well. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We love uh, our good Fridays around here. We uh, understand as we go through what many call Holy Week or Passion Week that um, this is the day of Jesus' final week. Last night on Thursday, he would have had his Passover meal. And he would have, uh, on Friday, he would have started his trials early in the morning and would have been hung on a cross beginning at 9 a.m. on Friday morning. And um, i just like to pause right there and say, aren't we glad that a Sunday is a coming? Amen. Amen. But tonight, we're gonna... (laughs) Tonight, we're gonna... We're just gonna make it about Him and the cross and and what... um, His his pain, our gain. And so, uh, we're gonna continue to worship and uh, some guys are gonna bring a wooden cross in. And uh, you've had... A chance to maybe write a prayer request or something that you'd just like to offer up to the Lord on a, on a piece of paper that we have on your seat. And then you can, um, as you're worshiping, you can just walk up and there's pins, that little stick pins, tack pins that um, guys will be helping you with. And just, if you would, go up and pin that request on the cross and then kind of exit out that way. I'm sure a lot of people be wanting to do this and just make this a time of, of worship and Make it between you and and him. So let's worship now.
0: Christ is risen Bow down before
2: 发现风 Jean. Eyes like fire, hair like wool, voice like many waters roar. That's this and most beautiful. Oh, worthy. The It was my cross you bore so I could
0: spending time with you tonight together as family and considering you and your sacrifice and the cross through song and, and through confession and, and just through praise. Uh, Lord, we agree as one that you are the worthy one in this room. You are worthy of all of our praise. And may you continue, uh, Lord, just to receive our praise as we now open your word and hear your word, may we respond, Lord, to your word, and to your love, and to your invitation. We love you, Lord, we thank you for this time, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, well, why don't you turn and greet someone around you, then have a seat.
1: Several times the Gospels record Jesus talking to his disciples about his death. What would that be like? They've followed you around for three and a half years. They've seen you do things that only God can do. They've heard you claim to be God, claim to be the Messiah of the world. But in their minds... In their minds, they they looked at you as more of a political liberator. They were, like every other Jew, tired of the tyranny of Rome, wanted nothing more than to get out of under that. Wouldn't that be awesome if this was the guy we're following, if he just overthrew Rome and... Man, wouldn't it be really cool if we had like the best right-hand seat and left-hand seat next to him when he set up his kingdom? Amen? Amen. That's just where you would go. But then he would would talk about his death. And and that just in their minds, although they would have known many of the Old Testament scriptures, that talked about the suffering of the Messiah. Death, burial, and even resurrection of the Messiah. They just had a hard time getting past themselves. So up around Caesarea Philippi is one of those classic claims. About a week before his last week, up north, he would say in Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 33, behold, guys, we're going to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man, he claims that messianic title, will be betrayed to the chief priest, the scribes. They're going to condemn him to death. They're going to deliver him to the Gentiles. They're going to mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him. And the third day, he's going to rise from the dead. A few days later, what would be the Sunday before his crucifixion, Jesus, as we followed him through his triumphal entry on Sunday morning, would get on that donkey and be hailed as the people's Messiah, as their king. Later on that same week, Thursday night, he would sit down, what we call the Last Supper. It was a a Passover meal with his disciples. We reenacted that here on Wednesday night. And after he would sing a song with them, he would head out from that room out of the city of Jerusalem, out of the city walls, that is, and he would go out towards the east, walk down through a valley called the Kidron Valley, walk up onto another slopey, area about the size of Lahabra Heights and there on that slope he would walk into a garden by the name of Gethsemane and he would say to Peter James and John his inner three his just guys that he pulled in a little closer come with me and he would pray And there in Matthew's account in chapter 26, 38, it says he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. So stay here and and, and watch with me. And he just went a little farther beyond them and fell on his face. And he prayed to his father, oh, my father, if it's possible that this cup could pass from me. That'd be great, but nevertheless not my will, but your will be done. And of course, three times he would pray that prayer. The agony that he felt there in Gethsemane is palpable to this day. Walking through that hilly area and walking under olive trees that date back 2,000 years, there's something somber and sobering about that that place. The writer of Hebrews captured what was going on with Jesus in that setting when Hebrews 5, 7, it says he offered up both prayers and, and supplication with loud crying and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. Luke says that at that point in time he began to to sweat great drops of blood. The medical term hemoditrosis, where your your body is under such duress, under such stress that sweat glands will actually burst and, and the blood from those glands will secrete and you will sweat blood. It was intense. The cup, if there's any way this cup could pass for me, the cup speaks of this physical agony that he was about to go through. He knew exactly how he had seen crucifixions. He knew the brutality that he was about to face. It spoke about the wrath of God, the righteous judgment of God poured out against mankind's sin that he will bear on that cross, the weight of that. And it spoke about the separation that he would experience and feel for the first time from the Father as he bears the sin of the world upon him on that cross. That time of prayer was interrupted by, by Judas, who had sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. And in Matthew twenty six forty seven, he came leading a great multitude. They had swords and clubs. They were coming with the chief priest and the elders and the temple police and whatnot. He would identify Jesus with a kiss. Jesus would then be arrested. And the Jews, of course, were the ones that were insistent on Jesus being put to death. They themselves did not have the power to put someone to death. Capital punishment was reserved for Rome. And so they would need to get some accusations, something that Roman officials would be able to look at and say, well that is worthy of putting him to death and they would then see that through. And so they they would first have what we would look at as a religious trial. There before the reigning high priest, his name was Caiaphas. Jesus would be led On our tours, we go to what they call the House of Caiaphas. Archaeologists years ago had found just outside of the southern steps around the corner some property that as they unearthed it, they recognized this was the house of a significant person. And they realized it was the house, what they believed to be the house of Caiaphas, where Jesus was tried. And it's an interesting thing to go in there with people and to walk down into the dungeons where the prisoners would be held and walk maybe two stories below and to get our group of however many people. I think the room that, one of the rooms sits about 60 people. We'll get 80 people in there. You can't even move. And there's a podium. And all we do is we turn off the lights. It's pitch black. And we read this account. And the people up top can hear us. And if we stopped and did not talk, we could hear them. So Jesus could hear as he was being held initially, quite possibly, everything that was going on as far as them instigating in such a way where they would be putting him to death. But as he was there, they they brought in false witnesses. They came forward. And they said, this this fellow, he said that he would destroy the temple of God and build it back in three days. Jesus was not talking about the physical structure, the temple itself. He was talking about his body. Caiaphas, at this point in Matthew 26, around verse 62, he asked Jesus about these claims to where Jesus remained silent Caiaphas asked him two more questions if he was the Messiah and if he was God are you the Christ the son of God and at that point Jesus said it is as you said nevertheless I say to you hereafter you will see the son of man sitting on the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven yeah, Caiaphas, I, I am the Christ. I'm the Messiah. And God, the Son of God. And I want you to know, one day I'm coming back. Amen. I'm not sure what Caiaphas was thinking when he heard that, but I, I know tonight I get pretty excited about it. Amen. Next, they take Jesus. They think they've got some just cost to bring him now before Roman authorities. So they lead him... Over to Pilate. Matthew 27, verse 11-ish. Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Is this, it is as you say, Jesus would say. Yes, I am a king with a kingdom. At that point, the religious leaders were there and they began to yell out all kinds of false charges against Jesus. Saying that he led the nation astray, that he opposed paying tribute to Caesar, he won't pay his taxes, he's perverted the nation, and that he claimed to be the Jewish Messiah and king. He says that he is a king. Pilate tells the Jews that are there, I find no fault in this man. And it was about that time that Pilate realized that Jesus was out of his jurisdiction. He was a Galilean maybe picked up on the accent whatever it was he realized that he was a Galilean he's like ah this is my out innocent guy they want to they want to have him put to death or have us put him to death that's out of my jurisdiction that's Herod's jurisdiction and so Herod ruled you know the Galilee the north at that time but he was in Jerusalem so Pilate had him sent to Herod Herod was excited to see Jesus in the sense of he had heard about his miracles and he wanted to see a miracle. The Jewish establishment followed Jesus over to Herod's quarters and as he was there, they began to hail accusation after accusation at Jesus. Herod and his soldiers there, they began to treat Jesus with contempt They mocked him. They arrayed him in a really fancy robe. And they sent him back to Pilate, finding no charges. Then early in the morning, probably 1130 to midnight, Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. So all of these religious trials, and now the the Roman trial as well, took him on through the night. And he would find himself back before Pilate probably around 6 a.m. Friday morning. In Matthew's account, in chapter 27, Pilate happened to recall that during the Jewish feast, he would always release to the Jews, just to kind of keep peace with them, whoever they wanted released, one of their own, from prison. And he thought... There's this one guy. He's an insurrectionist. He's a robber. He's a really bad guy. His name's Barabbas. And so, surely they want him. And he he offers up Barabbas. And the people are like, no, 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 no. We, we don't want him. We don't want him. The crowd cried, actually, to release Barabbas. And then Jesus says, or Pilate says to The crowd, well, what do I do with this man, Jesus, who is called Christ? The most important and inescapable question any and every human being will ever face. Sadly, the Jews got it wrong that day and they said, let him be crucified. Pilate's like, well, what evil has he done? Again, proclaiming the innocence of Jesus openly and publicly before the world but they kept shouting all the same let him be crucified. When Pilate realized that he was not going to win over this crowd to the reality of this man's innocence. He goes over and he washes his hands in a basin of water. And he goes, "I am innocent of this man's blood." And the people said, "Fine. His blood be upon us." And our children. That's how crazed they were to have Jesus put to death. Pilate then had Jesus scourged. Scourging was designed to get the prisoner to talk. Jesus was innocent. Scourging was designed to get the prisoner to confess whatever charges were levied against him. Jesus was innocent, so he opened out his mouth. Thirty-nine lashes. The judgment meted out by the scourging is 40 lashes. They would take one away. Number of mercy, 39. You can imagine what Jesus looked like after being whipped on the back 39 times with a cat of nine tails. A post with leather straps tied to it with glass, teeth, sharp metals sewn into the straps of leather. Matthew 27, 31 says, After that, they led Jesus away to be crucified. Around 9 a.m., On Passover day, A.D. 32, they nailed Jesus to the cross. And Luke, Kelly, could I get the A.C. turned off up here? I'm sorry. Any of you that are having hot flashes, I'm sorry about you too. (laughs) Luke 23, 32 tells us. That when they were nailing Jesus to the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they picked up the cross, and they set it in the ground. Where Jesus would hang from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. might be good to go home tonight and just go to the back of the Gospel of Matthew. See what Jesus had to say from that cross. Isaiah 53, a prophecy that Jesus (coughs) was fulfilling. Speaking about the Messiah in verse 4, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. It speaks of the consequences of sin. Yet we esteemed him stricken smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded for our rebellion against God. It's it's a transgression, it's a violation against God's word. He was bruised for our iniquity. Iniquity is an unjust, sinful act. Jesus took on himself all of our sins and all of the spiritual anguish of the world's sin that day on that cross. Thus, the chastisement for our peace was upon him. The penalty for our sin was paid in full there on the cross. And by his stripes, we are are healed. And the idea is, through the brutalizing of his body, our souls can be healed. Salvation is possible. Romans 3:23 tells us that we're all sinners, we're all born sinners. Isaiah 59:2 says our sins have separated us from God. On the cross, Jesus bore our sin and the guilt of our sin in order to remove it from our lives. God our judge has become God our justifier. 2 Corinthians 5:21 says God made him speaking of Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. All of our guilt, all of our sin goes to Christ and all of our righteousness comes from Christ. Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of all. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 1, verse 7, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. According to that unmerited act of Him dying in your place, in my place, on that cross, we have redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of our sins. Forgiveness, a Greek word, aphiemi. Aphiemi, the idea behind that is to, to send away. In Leviticus chapter 16, there's a great picture of this. On Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the priest would call for two goats without spot or blemish. They would take one goat, and they would sacrifice that goat on behalf of their sin. Then they would take the second goat and they would bring it before the people. And they would put their hands on the goat, that second goat. That goat was called the scapegoat. And it was a symbolic gesture. It was the day of the year where God was going to deal with the sins of the nation. And symbolically, they were saying, our sins, the guilty placed upon the innocent. Then they would take that that goat outside the city walls of Jerusalem and they would do everything in their power to scurry that goat away. And when the, the goat got out of their sight, there was great celebration. There was this idea... God has taken our sin away from us. That's exactly what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Our sins were laid at Him, and He was taken out of the city, and He was crucified. That, my friends, is what is good about Good Friday. I made a post today for all of our social media stuff, and I, I, I it's weird quoting myself, but I quote. <laughs> just want to get it right. Give the person credit where credit is due. <laughs> today is recognized as Good Friday because it's the day we consider Jesus' crucifixion, where he dealt with what is innately bad in us, sin, in order to produce something eternally good in us, salvation. So Jesus' invitation to the world from the cross is let me have your sin. Let me have your guilt. Let me redeem you. Let me forgive you. Let me save you. I don't want you to bear the burden of that one more day. My Father has laid your sin, your iniquity, your guilt on me. Let me bear the grief and the sorrow that is a result of that. Let my chastisements give you real peace, peace to your soul. Through the salvation and the forgiveness that I offer you from that cross. Let my stripes heal your soul. But his invitation must be accepted. And we accept his invitation by accepting him into our lives. By asking him to forgive us. As John would say in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's by asking him to save us. In Romans 10, 9, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. <coughs> For with the heart, one believes into righteousness. And with the mouth... Confession is made unto salvation. Amen. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. There's no distinction between a Jew or a Greek. The same Lord is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be. Be saved. That's what's good about Good Friday. Yes. So we're going to spend the rest of our time and we wanted this to be a night of communion with the Lord and fellowship with the Lord and actually partake in communion. We just wanted to walk through a couple of the highlights of the sacrifice and then Thank him. In that last supper setting, Jesus took the bread and held it up, and it was a symbol off of a table. That, for years, as Hebrew families have come together, remembering the salvation that God had brought to the nation and freeing them from Egypt, there's all kinds of rich symbolism in what was placed on that table. And the bread it would remind the people of, of how they would need to leave in haste. It's just part of what, what God had wanted them to remember. When it was time for salvation, you better, you better get to moving. And Jesus took that bread that pointed to their haste. That was a symbol that pointed to God saving a nation from Egypt. And he held it up in front of the disciples. And he broke it and he blessed it. He's like, hey, this is my body. And he didn't mean that in a literal sense. In a symbolic way, he's saying, no longer does this point back to what everybody recognized as they ate unleavened bread at a Passover meal. From this day forward, as you eat this bread, it's going to picture my body, which is broken you and Then he held up the cup four cups of the Passover meal one's a cup of redemption probably that cup pulls it up and says this is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for the forgiveness of sins and he would leave that room and he'd walk towards those final hours and shed his blood to forgive us. I think it's a great honor to our Savior to see a room filled up with people here worshiping him 2,000 years later. Don't you? Isn't that cool? It just is. It's good stuff. In a world that's filled up with so many people lost, it's good to hang out with some people who are found. It is. And if you're here, you're listening online and you're like, wow, I I believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, that He died on that cross. For me, I, I believe He extends from that cross, this amazing invitation, but Maybe you've never accepted his invitation. You've never asked him to save you. Never asked him to forgive you. Well, as we partake the bread and the cup in just a minute, the guys are going to, once you guys start coming forward and they're going to be passing this out, just come up here and stand with me for a couple minutes, guys. This is really for people who have accepted that invitation and as they're coming forward I'd like us just to bow our heads for a moment and close our eyes whether you're here again or watching online you're ready to receive Jesus I want you to pray a very simple prayer to him I want you to pray it to him the gift is to be received He will not force salvation on any man, any woman. But if you're at that place where you're like, man, the guilt, the emptiness, the heaviness, I've been carrying it so long. I am so ready to give this all to Jesus right now. 2,000 years ago, he went to that cross to bear the burden of your sin, the weight of your sin, the consequences of your sin. The Bible talks about a penalty of sin and the power of sin. And on that cross, He provides both. And by faith, you need to look back and you need to look up to a resurrected Savior and you need to confess to Him right now, if that is you, that you are a sinner. And confess to him right now, just say that to him. I realize that my sin separates me from you, as your word says. So now talk to Jesus. Say, Jesus, would you forgive me? Please forgive me. Please remove my sin from my life. Take it. My shame, my guilt, the weight... And invite him now into your life. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Save me now. I give you my heart. I give you my life. And ask him to fill you with the spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, come upon these people who have humbled themselves before a holy God. Empower them, Lord, to walk with you. May they embrace all that your peace is. May they embrace all that your strength is. May they embrace all that your your spirit is. Did they give them victory over the flesh, over the power of sin as well. Thank you for liberating people this evening from the penalty of sin. Thank you for salvation. As we partake of this bread and this cup, as we make you an audience, the audience of one right now, our Savior, would you be blessed? Our soon coming King, oh, be blessed. For we love you. And we thank you. For all you've done for us. Thank you for the peace. Settling of the soul that comes with knowing that we are yours. Thank you for adopting us. Thank you for grafting us into your family. Thank you for making us new creations. Thank you for calling us your own. And thank you for being our soon-coming king, Maranatha, Lord. Come quickly. Holy Spirit, as we will partake right now, move in this room, come upon us, I pray. Fill us, empower us, renew us, refresh us. Let's worship the Lord as these guys pass out the elements. Enjoy the Lord.
0: Our sinful hearts, He is our great. dawns in Galilee, some say madman, some say
3: king,
0: wonder-working rebel priest, Jesus Christ the Nazareth. man would have to die and only he could pay that price Friday's good cause Sunday is coming don't lose hope cause Sunday is coming devil you're done you better stop running Friday's good cause Sunday is coming So he let those soldiers take him in As his friend betrayed him with a kiss There before the mocking crowd Like a lantern But it didn't make a sound